A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Upon those who dwelt in the land of gloom, a light has shone. You have brought them abundant joy and great rejoicing, as they rejoice before you as at the harvest, as men make merry when dividing spoils. For the yoke that burdened them, the pole on their shoulder, and the rod of their taskmaster you have smashed as on the day of Midian. For every boot that tramped in battle, every cloak rolled in blood, will be burned as fuel for flames. For a child is born to us, a son is given us. Upon his shoulder dominion rests. They name him Wonder Counselor, God Hero, Father forever, Prince of Peace. His dominion is vast and forever peaceful. From David's throne and over his kingdom, which he confirms and sustains by judgment and justice, both now and forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Verbum Domini. Blessed be the name of the Lord forever. Praise, you servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord, both now and forever. From the rising to the setting of the sun is the name of the Lord to be praised. High above all nations is the Lord. Above the heavens is his glory. Blessed be the name of the Lord forever. Who is like the Lord, our God, who is enthroned on high and looks upon the heavens and the earth below. He raises up the lowly from the dust. From the dunghill he lifts up the poor to seat them with princes, with the princes of his own people.
Dominus Fobiscum. Lexia Sancti Evangelii Secundum Lucam. The angel Gabriel was sent from God to a town of Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And coming to her, he said, Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at what was said and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of David his father. And he will rule over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. But Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I have no relations with a man? And the angel said to her in reply, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month for her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible for God. Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Verbum Domini. If you go to Rome, you may see sisters there dressed in a green habit. And in fact, they are the official guides of St. Peter's Basilica, of the Vatican Museums. They also are guides at St. John Lateran, the Pope's Cathedral. And on their website, they say people have different interesting interpretations of the color green that they wear in their green habit. Some say they're the sisters of hope because green is the color of hope. White is faith, green, hope, red, charity. Others say they are the ecological sisters or the bio sisters. Both of those interpretations are wrong all those interpretations. But they said, some get it right, and they say they are the sisters from Trefontaine, the grotto at Trefontaine. And that's correct. Trefontaine is a place where St. Paul was martyred. Trefontaine means three fountains. And there's a grotto, there's a cave there. And this community, the missionaries of... Uh, the divine revelation, I think they are called, 
that they were approved by the church on February 11th, 2001. 2001 was the very year that Bruno Cornicciola died at the age of 88. And he's a very important figure in the history of these sisters. So what led to the, the founding of the Green Sisters, these missionaries in Rome? It was on April 12th, 1947, that a man by the name of Bruno Cornicciola, who had a great hatred for the Catholic faith, he had grown up Catholic, he had received his first Holy Communion, but he had ended up becoming a, very much opposed to the Catholic faith. In fact, so much so that he had purchased a dagger, and on the dagger he had written death to the Pope. And that was his intention, that he was going to assassinate Pope Pius XII. There's an article that the Register had from contemplating mur murder to honoring Mary. And so he had this plot. He refused to let his wife have his youngest son baptized, refused the children to be ever to return to church. And they had three children. Isola was 11, Carlo was seven, and Gianfranco was four. And so he is going to deliver, he's going to give a talk on why Mary is neither virgin nor immaculate. And so it was a Sunday, and they go to the park, and his children are playing with a ball there at Trefontaine. And he's going through his Bible, and he's preparing this talk why Mary is neither virgin nor immaculate. And he's making notes, and his children call out, we lost our ball. So he goes, and there there's this grotto, this a small cave, a shallow cave, and the children one by one fall to their knees, fold their hands, and they say, beautiful lady, beautiful lady, one after another. And when he tries to move them, he can't. They're physically immovable, and he says, God help us. He's frightened by what is happening, and all of a sudden he sees the beautiful lady, and she actually appears and speaks to him for an hour. And it was because of that, then, that he has this whole change of life. He had been abusive in the home, refused the children to receive the sacraments. And it was in May of that year, 1947, that the whole family then returned to the practice of the faith. And Bruno professed the Catholic faith. He evangelized until his death in 2001, when he was 88. And his son Carlo and his sons continue, his children continue to tell this message of what Our Lady said to them during that hour. And Carlo said, it not only affected our father, it affected all of us. Our Lady, and she revealed herself, she was wearing a green mantle. So that's why they're the green sisters. And she revealed herself, she's holding a Bible. I am Our Lady of Revelation. And so what that points out to us, here Bruno was looking for the scriptures to try to deny that she is virgin 
and immaculate. And she's holding, Mary's holding a Bible. No, the scriptures confirm these truths that the church has taught. And so she says to him, I am the virgin of the revelation. You persecute me. Enough now. Return to the holy fold of the church. The holy fold on earth, the Catholic church. And so he later, so this is 1947, two years later, he was a, one of the tram drivers in Rome. And a group of tram drivers had the opportunity to have an audience with Pope Pius XII and to pray the rosary with Pope Pius XII. And afterwards, Bruno spoke to the Pope and he, wanted, he apologized to him that he had planned to assassinate him. And Pope Pius XII said, smiling, he said, well, then there would have been another martyr for the church and a new Pope. So this was his intention and Our Lady showed that, no, indeed, the scriptures confirm the truths of what we profess. So this is 1949, and Our Lady had a message also for the Holy Father. And she said, because remember, it wasn't until 1950, so this is a year before, it wasn't until 1950 that he proclaims the dogma of the Assumption that we celebrated a week ago. And she said, my body could not decay and did not decay. I was taken to heaven by my son and his angels. Pope Pius XII, and this is another interesting article by Joseph Pronishen, one of our writers in the register, about another confirmation, a heavenly confirmation that Pope Pius XII received. So he had petitioned all of the bishops of the world, their opinions on proclaiming this dogma. He'd asked the faithful to pray for this intention. And almost unanimously, they said, yes, proclaim this dogma, the assumption. Well, three days before he does, August, October 30th, October 31st, and the day that he proclaimed the dogma, he sees the miracle of the sun. And a week later, November 8th, he sees it once again. It's the last time. A heavenly confirmation. If you want more details and some interesting um, things that Joseph brings out in that article, how Pope Pius XII had written down that he saw the miracle of the sun. This is the truth. So this was something that we are contemplating today, continuing to contemplate as we celebrate the queenship of Mary. How was she queen? Did you know that in the Old Testament that the queen was typically the mother, not the wife of the king? That sounds unusual to us, and movies portray it quite differently, right? That the queen is the wife of the king. But think about the Near East cultures where kings typically had multiple wives, but they had one mother, and the mother was the queen with a special authority and, in a special way, an advocate with the king. 
And we can see this also in Israel. Read 1 Kings chapter 1 and chapter 2, and you will see that this is true. So Bathsheba, the wife of King David, King David is old, he's about to die. Bathsheba enters the king's presence as his wife, and she bows in homage to him. The next chapter, King David has died. Solomon is now king. She comes into Solomon's presence, his mother. He bows to her out of respect. He has a throne on his right next to him. And later we see in that chapter how Adonijah comes to her and he says these words. Please ask King Solomon. He's asking Bathsheba. Please ask King Solomon. He will not refuse you. And so when Bathsheba goes to Solomon, he says, make your request, my mother, for I will not refuse you. She had a special authority advocacy as the queen mother. And so what do our scriptures speak about today? They speak about the dominion of this child that's going to be born. Isaiah's prophesying, a child is born to us, a son is given to us, upon his shoulder dominion rests. His dominion is vast and forever peaceful from David's throne and over his kingdom. Then we see how the gospel shows us the fulfillment of that prophecy of Isaiah. The angel Gabriel sent from God goes to a virgin betrothed to Joseph of the house of David. And what is she told? You will bear a son. You will name him Jesus. The Lord God will give him the throne of David, his father. He will rule over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. So do you see how all of that is coming together? And why the early church from the earliest times understood the dignity of Our Lady, her unique privileges. And then if we read the book of Revelation, we see this woman with the sun, clothed with the sun, crowned with 12 stars. And she gives birth to a son who is going to rule the nations with an iron rod, referring to Psalm 2, the messianic psalm, now fulfilled. So you see why the church has always understood Mary is this unique, privileged woman who has this unique dignity, this unique authority, unique advocacy. And that is why great geniuses like St. Maximilian Mary Colby or Louis-Marie de Montfort, who would take Mary as part of their name, it's why they pondered this mystery throughout their lives. Who are you, Immaculate Conception? It was like the great question Maximilian Kolbe had. You're not God, you're not just a child of Eve, but you're the Immaculate Conception 
There was nothing that hindered the union of the Holy Spirit with her, why we refer to her as a spouse of the Holy Spirit. Who are you? And of course, Louis de Montfort's true devotion to Mary. So that's why we honor her because God has in creating her uniquely the immaculate conception, conceived without sin, our special advocate, our special mother, and our queen. <laughs>